just before we get into this any farther, I have to say I'm kind of disappointed with you. Um, because I'm looking at the back of your laptop, and you literally have every single brand you could imagine except Roads Untraveled. It has a MacBook, and right in the middle it says Smoking Fucking Tire. Um, we have a Burke, we have RWB, but no Roads Untraveled. Where's the Roads Untraveled, Marcus? Uh, yeah, well, I'm cheap, and I'd rather sell stickers than put it on my laptop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. I have an Area 27 one waiting at home I was actually about to put on there. But yeah, I guess I should save some space for, uh, for Road 10 Traveled. Um, so yeah, funny thing, you guys heard us two podcasts ago when it was Grayson and I's return, and during the podcast we had a call from Dylan. We just have to address this quickly. Yeah. And, uh, Dylan, uh, we had a great conversation, and we were all hyped about shooting a 4GT, Basically, there was just a miscommunication, and we didn't shoot the 4GT. That's not happening. Well, we could have shot the 4GT. It just wouldn't have been very good. No, yeah. Yeah, basically, it was a miscommunication uh, of the access of us driving the car. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I'm not that surprised. Like, not in that specific scenario. Like, nothing... Just shit happens, basically, right? Yeah. Um, And that's, like, one thing I think we've learned over the years. Like, I mean, we've been promised McLarens. We've been promised Lamborghinis. Like, I don't don't expect anything, or I don't get my hopes up until we're actually behind the wheel of a car anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, for for sure. And, I mean, like, it's totally understandable. I mean, to be honest, would you trust us? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I I don't mean that in, like, a negative way. (laughs) Right. But, like, just in terms of, like, you know, you're a 40-year-old guy with a $300,000 car, or in terms of the Ford GT, what, 500, 750,000, something like that? Yeah. Um, Dollar car, and here's two people in their, um, you know, early 20s with a YouTube channel. Like, would you (laughs) throw them the keys? I mean, to be honest, I am super grateful, but I'm also very surprised um, at, like, the amount of people that have actually given us either their car for the day or yep. just thrown us the keys and say go have fun you're the first person other than me to drive it like that is um like i'm surprised at that i'm very grateful for that but at the same time like would you be that trusting <laughs> uh i'm nervous to give people the keys to my car like i do honestly more than because i feel bad otherwise because i feel like oh like I, I just feel like a selfish asshole because i'm driving these cars that people like with the 4GT, with a car that expensive, usually the person or brand behind it must have something to gain. Like, it it has to be a trade of some kind. But yeah, in like like you were saying, all these just owners, just average Joes bringing us their cars uh, and, like, trusting us. Pretty much, I mean, half the time, I mean, you hear me, I, I kind of feel out the person beforehand, but I'll be like, hey, like, you want to try out my car? Like, it's only fair, right? Yeah, but at the same time, view it in the sense of, like, um, if you had, let's say, the we fil- recently filmed a Mark IV Supra, mm-hmm. right? And that one was pretty done out. Like, there was some money in that one. 800 wheel horsepower. Yeah. That, that was right-hand drive, though. Yeah, JDM. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Wide body, everything. Now, I mean, you know, that, that's a realistic car for us, being the ages that we are and kind of our income. Like, within, like, you know, in the next year or so, like, obviously, we don't have the money for that now. But let's say we did and mm-hmm. we're kind of in that situation. Like, would you take that car and go and throw the keys to, like, TJ Hunt or... Uh, vehicle convergence or something like that. No, uh, no. no or... I don't. I don't mean to like shit on those guys by by any means. But um, you know, it's one of those things that you have no idea who this person is. Um, yeah. They're young. Um, you know, they their cars that they drive as daily drivers are nowhere near that same level, right? Uh, so, well, it depends. I mean, you look at a guy like uh, uh, Parker from Vehicle Virgins. 
and now he drives like a twin turbo Lamborghini. Okay, well, right, yeah, yeah, but in, in terms of like our situation, then yes, it's no, kind no, of no, like, absolutely. You know, like I drive a Cobalt, you drive a <laughs> MR2, and you know our our um, the value of our cars combined wouldn't cover like a quarter of the cost of the majority of the cars we film. It wouldn't cover that Supra's engine. Not even no. both of our cars combined value wise would not even come close to covering that Supra's engine. It's barely an oil change on the Ford GT. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. you're absolutely. You're, it's it's like a yearly service on yeah. a Ford GT, probably, yeah. which is hilarious to think about. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've, I mean, probably not. But it all just depends on like experience, I guess, right? Um, which it really comes down to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that that really comes down to uh, uh, Dwayne and his Mark III Supra. The yeah. first, like, we hadn't, we hadn't driven anything. We had, dri- we had reviewed my parents' car, your parents' car, my car. No, by the time we filmed Dwayne's car, we had a number of videos that were out. We had a number of videos that we were actually, like, nothing crazy. That was by far, like, the highest horsepower and stuff like that. Probably, probably the most modified. But, you know, things like uh, the Mustang, stuff like that. We d- I did drive the Cobra before. Yeah. That, yeah, Michael handed me the keys to his Cobra. But uh, yeah, that was basically the jump. I went from driving like a you know three hundred and eighty wheel horsepower Mustang to seven hundred and forty wheel horsepower, oh. um, which made for a good video, I guess. Dwayne's motorcycle, by the way, makes five hundred and thirty five horsepower at the wheel. Now or when we filmed it? No, now, like as of two days ago. Holy crap! Yeah, his Hayabusa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let what? me put this in perspective. Remember the Supra that we drew, Alex's Supra, a year ago, the one that made sparks on the road? Yeah. Jesse came out. So that one, we kind of agreed that was like, that was pretty much the limit of grip, kind of? We, we, we kind of said that, of course, it depends on the car. Um, but I find that, you know, five, six hundred horsepower, if it's a street vehicle, you're not taking it to the track, you're not racing it or anything like that. It's that's like perfect, right? Yeah, you're yeah. using all the power there. You still have more power than you need. So I mean, like you know, if you're gunning it down the highway, mm-hmm. you still like you know you're definitely using that power, but you still have more to use. But you're not wasting power. Yeah. Right. When we filmed uh, Dwayne's Mark III Supra, that car it was tuned down to 750, 740, and yeah. it was wasting so much power. Like in terms of like the wheels, just it, the car's not made to stay on the road. Or, sorry. The, the car is not made to handle that amount of power, so it does. The wheels don't stay on the road. The wheels spin faster than the pavement underneath them. Yeah. So it's so hard to actually like keep the traction just because it just starts spinning, right? Um, whereas when we filmed the 500 horsepower, um, what was it? R34, the blue that one? one. I think that one had about 600 at the wheels. Okay, that one felt. I would say either equivalent or almost I'd say even a little bit faster than Dwayne's. Oh yeah, yeah. And that has a yeah. hundred if not more less horsepower um, than Dwayne's Mark Mark uh, Mark III Supra. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it just comes down to that has all-wheel drive. Um, it's kind of more designed towards handling that kind of power. Like the car it was designed more towards that aspect. Whereas like the Supra it was never designed. Of course like the engine was overbuilt. Stuff like that. It's a great car. Um, but it was never designed to handle that much power. Mm-hmm. It can handle that much power. As a power, chassis, yeah. But the actual, yeah. like, the, you know, people who are designing it and trying to figure out, okay, what's the average speed of this car, nobody was going to think that, oh, they're going to go through a thousand horsepowers in this car. It's not made for it. No. Yeah, especially, like, in the 80s when Toyota was coming out. Yeah, like like you said, the, en- the engines themselves were over-engineered, 
but people didn't really start figuring that out until like 10 years after the car came out. Yeah. And then they're like, holy crap. But yeah, basically, if you think of Alex's uh, Supra that Jesse got freaked out in going whatever, yeah. that had 600 at the wheels. Dwayne's motorcycle has 535 at the wheel. I I, I just <laughs> don't understand. So, like what? <laughs> no, like, I really don't understand. Like, first of all, how do you even use that much? He t- He says the maximum he uses on the street and at the drag strip where there's no laws is 360 at the wheels. The only time he's going to going to boost it up to 535 at the wheels is when he goes down to the desert in a couple months in Arizona or California or somewhere and does a half mile event. So you're going like 350 kilometers an hour plus there. Because they have the what are they called nitrous no, um, I'm trying to think of the name of them. Um, they're the bikes that basically runs on like jet fuel. They're really long. You're basically like hugging um the front with their um I don't know yeah, the exact name, yeah. But, um, like, top fuel bikes or something like right, that. Right, okay, yeah. And yeah. those things, they have little wheels behind, like, little tiny, kind of like a, a wheelie training bar. wheels. Yeah, yeah, wheelie bars. Yeah. Um, because it has so much power that when, as soon as you hit the throttle, if you didn't have that, you would just flip upside down. Yeah. So, I don't understand. Like, we filmed his Hibusa when it had 300 at the wheels, and that was, I don't think he was even getting anywhere close to maxing that out. I think he was going <laughs> way below what that car, what that um, bike can actually do. I just don't understand why. Like, yeah, three hundred at the wheels is crazy. The, the only time we saw him go flat out with that was at the drag strip when we had the GoPro on the speedometer, and you saw it go from like one fifty to two fifty in like a second, like just insane. And it's still on a stock wheelbase. Right? So that's why... Because otherwise, yeah, like you said, it would just flip. Yeah. Immediately, right? And he says when you're on... When you're going 200 kilometers an hour, you're just cruising 200K, and you pin it, the wheel's spinning because it's struggling for grip. That's what I don't (laughs) understand, though, is that, like, at some point, like... Like you said, like just like comparing the um, like the Supra, like it's not made the chassis is not made to handle that much power. Same with the bike. I mean, if you want a bike with 500 horsepower, go for it. But go and buy a different bike. Go and buy a bike that was made to have that type of horsepower. Well, I mean, if there's any bike that you're gonna put it on, a Hayabusa is like the right bike to do it with. But it's, like, it's the, pretty much the fastest production bike you can buy from the factory, right? Like, I don't know very much about bikes, so let me me just, I, I'm just going to throw that out there. But when I think of, like, the Hibusa and I take a look at other bikes that have been designed for, like, the drag strip and stuff like that, they are extended, they're drastically modified, like, you know, the body's completely different to, um, like, to disperse the actual power from it. Whereas the Hibusa is pretty much just, like, a standard road bike. Well, yeah, yeah, but all those bikes with, like, extended wheelbases and stuff, those are all, like, no bike comes factory like that, right? You can't just go to any, like, nobody makes no, but, a bike uh, like that. Has he done that with his bike at all? No, but I think that's the point he wants to prove, is, like, he's going to dry, or ride, rather, this Hayabusa down to, like, a lot of people trailer their drag bikes, right? Yeah. To these events in the desert, but he's kind of making a point of, like, hey, look, I can drive it on, or ride it on, I keep saying driving, um, ride it on the street down there and i think that's like a big thing for him well now like i'm assuming the moment you extend the like the wheel and stuff like that you lose the benefit of actually having a bike that can handle at that point it just becomes a straight line kind of just as fast as you go Mm -hmm. so i guess i can see where he's coming from that um it's gonna be interesting and bragging rights too yeah i guess bragging rights there 
Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is that I actually do um, an event every year with the Harley Davidson uh, race team, and uh, basically it's on a frozen lake, and they take a little zamboni kind of snowplow thing, and they carve a track into the uh, into this frozen lake, and basically they uh, take roofing screws and they put it into the uh, tread of like Honda CX hundreds or something like that. Like there's just like kind of a hundred cc, hundred fifty cc mountain bikes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not mountain bikes, but um, dirt bikes. Yeah, um, and basically it's pretty much like a chainsaw on the ice. Um, so like you know they they still have their full gear on, of course, like helmets, Kevlar, like you know all like the bike gear. Um, but these guys compete professionally. Now this event, of course, is just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not really kind of getting hurt that much or anything like that. But they do like high speed racing, um, like professionally. So they like so when they fall off, and you've probably seen the photos. We're on the we're on uh, where they are on these like massive bikes, and their knees are like either touching the ground or like millimeters away from touching oh, the ground yeah. as they're taking yeah. these corners. So um, I asked them, it's like, well, when you fall off your bike, like, doesn't that hurt? Like, you're doing, like, 250, 300 kilometers an hour, Mm -hmm. um, and you're literally, your body is skidding across, like, pavement. And he's like, honestly, like, no. Like, you have bruises and stuff like that, but it's just, like, imagine sliding on ice. Right. Like, your your gear protects you from all getting all scraped up and stuff like that, as long as you're not, like, sprawled out, because that's where it's, like, if you flip, break arms. So, you know, if you just, you know, keep yourself in, he says, no, you don't, it doesn't hurt at all unless you hit something. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be a little... I don't know. Like, bikes, don't get me wrong, I was... Uh, I was uh, traveling through um, uh, Nicaragua over the winter, and we actually were able to rent bikes, and it was like 10, 20 bucks a day, something like that, right. like dirt cheap. And after you know trying to rent a bike that down there, I kind of put it on my bucket list that I want to get my motorcycle's license, and I do want to get a bike. Yeah, um, they scare the hell out of me. Um, we we were ju- me, Jesse, and Ulrich were just talking about this last night. Yeah, the motorcycles go on. But anyways. like basically, um, I have a dream uh, motorcycle, and it's pretty much I, I I can't say this right now because of course once you start getting more familiar with the bikes and you get a lot more experience, my interest in them may change. Hundred percent. But as yeah. of right now, there's only one thing I want, and I could, I could probably stay with that for the rest of my life, is like a hundred, hundred and fifty cc little either Kawasaki, like old like seventies, or like an old Honda, something that's small enough that I could, you know, quite easily like lift up into the bed of a truck, um, mm-hmm. something that I could, you know, bring bring camping quite easily, just like very small, just kind of like um, I don't know if you've seen Eric's blue one, but um, it, it's you know it's a perfect size, right? Oh, yeah. Like you know you can actually lift it up. It's the, like it's still heavy, but it's basically just enough power to go, you know, 80. Well, no, you can go faster than that. You can go, yeah. you can go on the highway and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, it's just enough power to do that. And that's exactly what, what I want. I want something portable. I can throw in the back of a truck, um, drive it around, and just kind of, you know, just a grocery getter. Right? Sure, yeah. Like, just something. I want, if I want to go and check or go down to a friend's house, you know, I don't want to drive my car. I'll just hop on my bike and go down there in, like, a summer day. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, something just just like involved enough to give you the experience of riding a motorcycle but not like the worry of oh if i tip this over oh no like i got scratched or like the fairing cracked and now i gotta find a dealership that has the part and all this stuff right yeah um yeah. no i get that that's it's funny that how you mentioned like you don't want to pin yourself to a certain bike because you're uh, your uh, preferences like might change or whatever, and that's totally true. From when we started Roads Untraveled till now, like I've kind of, I especially with the FCRX7, 
uh, that we filmed recently. That was a very that was like the last of the analog Japanese cars, like fully, fully analog. I'm talking no power steering, no ABS, no traction control. Like my car doesn't have tr- uh, traction control, but it has ABS. It has power steering. It's comfortable. Like it's fine. I can daily drive it. It's super easy. The steering's really light. You'd steer with one finger or whatever you, if you wanted. It's quiet inside. But like an FC RX sevens very much and older nine elevens for that matter are also very much like you just feel everything and I found over the course of driving cars, that's what I like the most. Like the R thirty five GTR we filmed scary fast, but I would take an R thirty two GTR or an R thirty four GTR before I would have that car. But let's say you had to have one car, um, and it's your do all car for the next three years. And mm. you have like, you know, tw- like under twenty grand. Um, are you going to want something that is actually comfortable and just kind of like, you know, you, you can drive it every day without hating your life, you know, it may have air conditioning, mm-hmm. um, power steering, of course, power windows, kind of those luxuries. Yeah. Or would you go with something that's completely just track focused? No, if it's my daily, uh, these are a must. Air conditioning, air conditioning is a must. Does your MR2 have air conditioning? It does, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it was an option, but it does have it fitted. Um, yeah, power power windows, I don't really give a shit if it has power windows, but... Oh, my God. I do air- not understand how power <laughs> windows are second to um, um, automatic locks or, like, actual electronic locks. Right, yeah. right. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, my must would be, okay, electronic locks. Yeah. Definitely, like, central locking. I would need to have power steering. I would need AC... And I would need some sort of either Bluetooth or auxiliary for my music slash podcast. That's it. That's all. Just something that has like that's not like no, no power steering. I couldn't do on a da- on a daily basis. It like, depends on the size of the car. And like like a Lotus. Do you think like if that without power steering that you would really uh, notice it? That would be fine just because the there's no engine over the front wheels, right? Well, even your car like. Your car without power steering wouldn't be that bad. Uh, well, see, I don't really know. Like, my power steering's gone out before on my old MR2. That's, like, a problem they have, like, yeah. electronic problem. But it's different because a car with power steering and then the power steering fails is a lot heavier and feels way different than a car that just never had power steering, right? Right, right. So I would imagine it would probably be fine. But, like, driving this FCRX7, even that was, like... I would not do this on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you're going, it's totally fine. It's yeah. just if you're in the parking lot with a bunch of people who don't know how oh. to park and you're like in a tight space and there's people honking, like those are my musts for a daily at least. So no, I would not go full track focused. Yeah. I would do I would definitely do manual though, and something in the middle. See, like that's the thing, is that like and within the next year I would say I'm going to be kind of working towards like, of course, my main focus is even though I would love to have something that can handle very well, go around corners, um, like my main focus is comfort and um, convenience, right? So, I mean, like in terms of of vehicles, for me, it's for work. So, the number one focus is it needs to be able to be convenient and efficient at my work, right? Mm -hmm. So, right now I have my Cobalt, which is held up great. Um, You know, we've definitely put through its tests, but now... You know, we have too much equipment, too many Pelican cases, not enough room. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it, it was becoming more inconvenient. So yeah. my, like, I would probably just, again, like, go get a truck, um, go get, like, a, you know, like a surf or something like that, um, and then go and get a track-focused car. Because the problem is that if I try to do 
too much, like, you know, lower the truck and just try to get too much out of that, I think I'll end up wrecking it and making it inconvenient again. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I do want something that I can take around a corner, like, not, like, as fast as your car, but something that can still go around a corner. Um, and I don't want anything crazy high because I just hate the feeling of, like, going down the highway and taking a corner or something like that or start to turn and, you know, you feel like the body start, like, shifting. Like, I yeah. hate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, like, again, for me, um, at least for my next vehicle it needs to be just high enough to clear a curb i want to be able to have you know both the uh, tires on the pavement with a curb right in the middle and that's going to be the deciding factor of how high i want my car yeah no that makes sense yeah practicality but again it's kind of like you know i definitely see the you know the the um the attraction to you know trying to trying to get your the most with your money so to speak you want something you can have fun with but you want to still something that you need to get from a to b yeah um it's just that like for me personally it's like having a car that's either not enough space or not reliable or i can't take on a long road trip or something like that that's a more of a nuisance and more of an annoyance than uh, having a car that um doesn't handle properly right it's oh, kind sure. of you kind right. of have to like, weigh the you know pros and cons but yeah man. well yeah there's a, there's no car that does everything well that it, it does not exist like a car that you can help your buddies move in but then also just like have all the driver involvement of like a track car on like on slicks or whatever with a manual transmission like yeah. maybe but you can get close but that's why people with money they never have one or two cars right they have an SUV as a daily or something and then they have their like supercar for like their nights out or whatever and then they have their whatever car you know yeah um but yeah, I think the MR2 is still still works for me. <laughs> I th- I think it's it's still fine, right? Like I don't need back seats. Fuck back seats. I don't need them, right? Um, yeah, but the moment you want to go on a road trip or something like that, it really limits on how far you're going. Well, if I'm going on a road trip and it, we're just taking my car, there's going to be a female in my passenger seat and not a male. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's just that, like, let's say, yeah, you you have a female with you, you have a girl with you, right? Like, how far are you really going to go on an MR2? I mean, maybe Kelowna. No, I, w- I, would say, I would say LA. I would drive to LA in my car, but that's about as far. I would not drive to, from, like, here to Florida. No. No, no. Like, the, I would... I, a day of driving. I'd say maximum, you know, yeah, 20, a 24-hour okay. drive with, like, a one-night stop, right? So you're driving maximum of, like, well, even still, shit, that's but a But then, it, then it's just, like, <laughs> like, how long are you going for? Because it's not like you can fit very much in your car, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, a backpack each, so... It's just that, like, you know, uh, for example, um, my friend, uh, I think Travis has been on the podcast before, yeah, but yeah, Travis oh, about yeah. so they, they moved to a new place. They're kind of, like, a 12-hour drive away. Mm-hmm. So um, Eric and I are wanting to go and see their new place, go and hang out with them for, you know, like, a night or so. Um, and it's kind of 12 hours. It's like 60 bucks to Greyhound or it's a 12 hour drive. So with my car, it would work, but it's just on the highway. It would just eat through gas. I was going to say, it's going to be way more than 60 bucks to get there. Oh, it's definitely going to be a lot more. Expensive. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about costs. I'm just right. talking about like weighing the options of like, of course, driving would be a lot more fun because we could make our stops whenever we wanted. You know, it's a little bit more like social kind of like a little road trip. Like those things are fun. Don't get me wrong. But then you have to kind of weigh the options, like the type of vehicle you have, the distance you have to go mm-hmm. and kind of what the driving conditions are like. So with my car, 
car again like it's like a 2.2 liter probably i think it is i think it is um yeah, yeah and basically going like the speed limit there is what 120 so you can go legally up to 160 <laughs> um, well, I mean, like without without, without getting your car impounded. taken away. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. my car doing a um, buck twenty is like I would say six thousand RPM. No, it's not six thousand RPM. No, sorry. But when I was when I was doing when we were driving to a Soyuz um, for the first time to go and film Rob's car. Right. My car was redlining, going down the highway. You were if you're redlining, you're going at least like 170, dude. No, I, I, I wasn't going in over impound speed. I was probably doing like, and this also includes going up and down hills and stuff like that. And redlining, like just redlining. Um, that, that would mean you're at your top speed, though. So would your top speed be one? Because that that is your top speed. If you're in their highest gear and you're redlining, that's as fast as your car physically possibly will go, right? You you were probably at like four thousand. You weren't at red line. Oh yeah, like I remember looking at it, and you were sitting in my passenger seat, and I was like, "Holy crap! Look at my RPMs." It well, was I it do, was way up there. I do remember that, but then I remember you saying like, "I thought there was I thought there was something like you were saying it wouldn't shift again." Like I thought, well, when it was going up a hill, right? It wouldn't be able to go in the highest gear because right. we have the car packed full of like yeah. <laughs> you know three other people plus a whole bunch of camera gear, right? Yeah. So when you start going up these steep hills, all of a sudden it downshifts. And then it starts, you know, and when you're going up a hill that's a very, and with the highway that we drive on, there's hills that are very gradual, but they go on for a long period of time. Oh, yeah. So I'm not talking yeah. about like going downhill or something right. like that, because obviously that's not an issue. No, that makes sense. It's just yeah. kind of going up that slant with a car that's completely packed. You're like, of course, maybe it wasn't redlining the entire time, of course, but like, you know, it was definitely like tapping it on a regular basis to the point that I, you know, I had to really slow it down. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah, I can it, see that. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's just kind of one of those things that it's like you know it's putting a lot of stress on a car that's not made to go that fast for an extended period of time 12 hours of doing like high rpms like with a you know an engine that has 160,000 kilometers on it like you know it's it's one of those things you gotta you gotta weigh the options and i hate being restricted to the speed i'm going um just in terms of like you know especially driving back from Kelowna with rx c63 amg seven gears um (laughs) well the problem with that is that we ended up having a um damaged tire so we were trying like we knew that the tire was going to give out at any at any point so we had to drive really really slow and Mm -hmm. that wasn't an enjoyable road trip because you're (laughs) stressing right it's just kind of like i can't go faster i can't go faster right like gotta keep it easy oh yeah um so it's all about something that's again for me like reliable um, and something that has enough power that you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So if I if I had like you know a truck um, like Eric got a new truck um, and you know we might take that up, but you know something like that it's it's a two point five liter four banger, um, but like it's it has power. Like honestly, I was surprised. Like it felt like it had a V six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It actually you could get the back end out real easy um, going up hills. Like it has a decent amount of power for the truck. Now it, sure, now yeah. it doesn't have a canopy on it. It's you know empty bed, but still it actually has a surprisingly amount like a good amount of power. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like a Mazda B twenty five hundred, that was a two point five liter as well, but that's a V six, right? So if you have it, they're both two point five liters. It would just. I think his is the twenty six hundred. Oh okay. Yeah, he didn't get a Toyota this time. Right, yeah. He yeah, got, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's either 2600 or 2500. 
Yeah. It, it may have been the 20... It, it might be the 2500 the 2500. Sorry, the 2600 must be the V6 then. That would make sense. Yeah. My buddy had one of those in high school. Um, and Travis ended up... Um, he got into two accidents. I don't know if I told you. Sketch. Yeah. Um, it, oh, didn't, didn't I tell you about that? I don't think so. Accidents? Oh, no, I don't man. think so. So, well, the first one was he came over... Um, again, the Travis, my friend that uh, lives kind of 12 hours away. Um, I don't see him very often, but he drove into, um, like, into the Surrey area. So I hung out with him for the night because he wanted to pick up a new truck um they had like an old malibu that they got for like a couple hundred bucks off of a friend but like they're in the middle of the boons right so it's kind of mm. like they, they need something like the only vehicles you see out there are like subaru foresters and like toyota trucks right because yeah. you, you snows you need something that can actually they won't get stuck and stuff like that right yeah so what ha- ended up happening was he came down and he picked up like an actual really good condition it was like four or five thousand bucks um like it was in great great shape um a great deal and i think it was yeah i think it was like a 2500 and something like that like v6 um you know paints in good condition interior spotless like i was really really impressed mm-hmm. um so he drove it back um there so it was like 12 hour drive uh, no problems whatsoever and then a couple days uh goes by and this is kind of like within a week of actually having the truck um his girlfriend is driving and him and his friend are in the bed of the truck Right. So the, the truck had a canopy on it, but they were just sitting in the bed as um, Becca was driving. She ends up rolling the truck. Oh, you did tell me about yeah. this one. Oh, right. And Shit. it um, did I show you the photo from that one? No, you did not. No. Show me so the basically, photo. yeah, she rolled the truck. Thankfully, they were all right. So, um, he, um, Travis's friend ended up getting like need in the face, or, uh, need in the face, or something like that. Um, right. I forget exactly what happened, but he's a little bit banged up. Um, they are they are so lucky that they, they didn't get hurt. Like no seatbelts, like literally flying and hitting the canopy. Were they going like what, like fifty or? Uh, they couldn't I don't, have been going very fast. Well, I'll show you the photo here, and you can kind of judge um, Jeez, uh, judge for yourself. But like it, they had to basically jump out, right. then they had to pull Becca out. Um, and what ended up happening was um, they actually, I guess, rolled it onto someone's lawn. Um, and the guy came out and he was furious because his dog got hit, um, like, you know, by somebody like oh. uh, not too long ago. So oh, he came I out <laughs> and he was steaming mad, like just super upset. And, um, guess, yeah. and, and like, of course, they're freaking out because, again, they have to get back out. And she's like she's she probably got the worst out of all of them, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um and um, yeah, no, it was uh, basically they scared him off, and the guy came back, but he he ended up apologizing and saying, like, "I'm sorry." You're like, you know, this happened recently with my dog, and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, l- let me g- give you a hand here. I have a um, bobcat, and they ended up bringing <laughs> out the bo- bobcat and flipping it over. That's so um, sick. But uh, yeah, no, it was. I'm so happy they're okay. But then they went and got another truck. Um, and then she was driving again. I don't know the full story behind this one, but it ended up getting totaled again. So now within the, within like a month, maybe less, they've gone through two vehicles. So now they're on their third that they picked up. So now, um, brutal. so yeah, like the, he just picked up another 2,500. Um, right. and like, again, um, like the one that tra- or the one that Eric got recently was the last year that they actually used um, their own engine. They're not their own engine, but it would have been like before they went with Ford, right? Because right. like um, the the following year, all their vehicles that they made are pretty much Ford, Ford, yeah. Ford engines, Ford everything. Yeah. So it was. I'm trying to think of what it would have been. I don't know if it's a Mitsubishi. Probably not a Mitsubishi engine. 
but they were they were actually putting like a Japanese engine right. inside those inside that year, so it's actually a reliable car. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's his. Uh, that's the truck there. Oh my god. Yeah, that's so freaky. So did it just like slide for like quite a ways, or um, the canopy's like off? <laughs> yeah, they were in the back of that. <laughs> that's so crazy. Like, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, so. Uh, yeah, at least they're okay. That's the main thing. Oh, of course, um, yeah. And I'm just surprised because Eric, for 1800 bucks, I think it was, he got his, mm. like, it now has, like, 300-something thousand kilometers on it, but engine's in, like, gr- good shape. Like, it yeah. looks really clean. Um, you can sleep in the engine bay, so working on it is super easy. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, honestly, like, of course, again, I've told you many, many times, that, like, kind of, like, I really want to go and look at getting a turbo diesel, you know, Hilux. But, like, now I'm almost looking at it, and it's like, yeah, it's 10 grand, so it's going to take me a bit to save up for. But in the meantime, like, why not just go and spend 1800 bucks on, like, you know, just, like, a truck? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I'm insure my car for a little bit, and just, like, if anything goes wrong, you just go pick and pull, right? Yeah. Um, like, he went down there, and he bought a new seat. He got a new seat, um, new muffler, new, um, like, new exhaust, um, something for his engine, and it cost him, like... 50 bucks maybe 100 bucks jeez so it looks like a brand new seat um but anyways yeah no i mean like it's surprising what you can get if you know what to look for oh yeah and it's and it's the thing of like mileage like i've come to realize mileage doesn't really matter as much unless it's like you know a skyline gtr or a ferrari where those engines are very like their prime is you know zero to a hundred thousand kilometers kind of thing and then after that, things go wrong more often, and they're just then you have to start looking at a full rebuild. But when you have those kind of older engines that are just mass produced, they made so many of them, and that's why like my Grand Marquis, seven hundred dollars, it lasted me six months, zero issues. All I had to do initially, it had a big misfire. It was running on th- or, uh, seven cylinders when I got it, uh, and the guy was like, "Oh, it's got like uh, dirty injectors or something." Um, and, but then I thought to myself, I'm like, well, if you knew it had dirty injectors, you would have, you would, to know that you would have had to pull out the injectors at which point you would have switched the injectors. Otherwise you're a yeah. dumbass. So I knew it wasn't the injectors, but I just kind of took a gamble, a $700 working car, whatever. Yeah. All I had to do was change the spark plugs. That's all it was. It was the spark plugs. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, and then, and then it ran fine for like six months and that thing had unknown mileage on it. That was like, but now did you, um, so, so you, you ran that for six months. Through the winter. But now, um, did you have any engine problems at all? No. So after you fixed the spark plugs, no engine problems whatsoever. I know you had a, a loose wheel bearing. Um, when but, I sold it, the yeah. wheel, the hub, the wheel bearing was fucked. It was basically undrivable <laughs> when yeah. I sold it. So yeah, it had gotten to the point where but like... But that wasn't an engine thing. Like That was no. something that happens on all cars. You know what happens. It doesn't happen unexpectedly, right? Yeah. It's not something that just breaks. It's something that you develop over time, like you know with my car. Yes. Um, yeah. So I mean, w- when you view it in that sense, like it's, I don't really care about that stuff the thing the stuff that i care about the most is the stuff that would break down and you leave you stranded yeah that's all i worry about mm-hmm. right um and like that's really what it comes down to, uh, for me is that like i want something that i don't really have to worry about right um you know things that wear out you have a heads up i know that a wheel bearing is about to go and if i'm going to go on a road trip i'm prepared to replace it and i you know know what the issue is before the uh before i go the issue is when you have an engine there's so many moving parts on the inside you don't you, you can't tell what's about to go for a lot of the things of course 
course, you know, it starts driving crappy for certain things. And yeah. Like you said, with yours, it was, uh, you had to replace spark plugs. Like that stuff that you obviously know. Yeah. But it's the stuff that ha- like comes out of nowhere and leaves you stranded that scares me the most. Oh, yeah. And you never really know what to do in terms of like preventative maintenance, right? Like you can just throw, like you can have a working car. And I probably could have thrown like two grand into that car and made it like, mint and pretty much known that it wasn't going to break down guaranteed for another six months yeah but it was a winter beater and i just took the gamble and then if it broke down well i was worst worst case scenario out seven hundred dollars yeah at the very worst right but um i do remember actually it had one thing uh that was the i'm pretty sure the valve one of the valve cover gaskets was leaking a little bit which was causing the spark plugs to misfire because there was oil getting into the spark plug chambers right but I switched the spark plug once, and it was fine for like five or six months. Wow. So it was like a very slow. So I honestly I miss that car. That was a yeah. I, I miss a big V8 in general. Like honestly, like after talking to Eric, after having this conversation, like I'm probably gonna start taking a look just on Craigslist, see what I can find for like under two grand, mm-hmm. and just something that you know I can you know beat on. Um, if it breaks down, worst case scenario, I'm out you know eighteen hundred bucks or whatever it is. Like nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, but something that I can you know like I, I want to again I want to start saving up for something more reliable, but I don't want my car to get hit 200,000 kilometers because it's going to like, it's a 2009, right? So, and a 2009 with that many kilometers, it's going to go down in value quite a bit and it's not worth a whole bunch as it is. Right. So again, it's just, I want to find something that's decently reliable. Yeah. Well, at least your car has known mileage. I'm pretty much like when I, when I go to sell my car, what am I like? I can't lie and be like, "Oh, my car has 114,000 kilometers," which is what the odometer says. Well, I mean, you it could has, have. It's just I that could. It's just it would be a criminal offense. <laughs> um, it would be a criminal offense, and I've told pretty much all my friends that story and a yeah. few people that we filmed with, like and probably oh, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and well, just now on the podcast too. Of like, okay, there was a thing with the auction, and like I got a bunch of money back, but at the same time, now I have a car that has somewhere above 160,000 kilometers on it. There. Is an up, there, there's an upside <laughs> and a downside. Like best case scenario, who wouldn't have told you anything, and then, then I mean, like not like um, ignorance is bliss. But Mark is a dope dude. So. No, he is. Um, <laughs> but the upside is, if you get into another accident, you can claim that it has 140 thousand kilometers. Yes, it's true. I and mean, I, like, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm assuming you you had the car that um, came in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was registered. Everything was registered at the actual odometer because you didn't know there was a problem until the, all the paperwork was done. It's on the record. Yeah. So yeah. all so all in terms of ICBC, there's nothing really like wrong with it. Yeah. No, when I got it, the odometer said I think 94,000 kilometers or something like that. So best case scenario, get rear-ended by another semi truck. Yeah. Honestly, well, I mean, the way ICBC is going, I don't think they're going to be cashing out too many big settlements anymore but who knows yeah, i don't know what's happening with we also that. we also chatted at length about that yesterday i mentioned yeah. our i told them about our um uh this is what happens when you actually drive the speed limit video that we should shoot um once the you know once we're you know we have a a cloudy day so to speak yeah um but yeah i don't know my car's strange i'm not gonna sell it anytime soon um, we've also got to shoot in the next few days here. Actually, we got to shoot a, uh, a test fit video for my wheels. Just a quick, uh, jack up my car, take off my wheels and then just put, cause I don't have tires yet. So we won't actually be like putting it on and stuff, but right. just like a test fit an unboxing video okay. for my wheels. When do your wheels get here? They've been in my basement for like a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do they have tires on them? No, no. 
No, I just need tires. Okay. I'm I'm talking to uh, to Ben because he owns uh, uh, Fountain Tire Burnaby. I think it is. Right. Right. So we should be able to work out some sort of deal. Um, either way, yeah. You- honestly, like I would be like, tires are one of those things that my car. You know, again, my car's four thousand bucks. All of the parts that I've like had to replace on it, like any kind of like wiring harnesses, you know, they cost like a hundred dollars for. Um, I had to um, my left headlight, um, the actual socket itself was melted. Mm-hmm. Like it was just something went wrong, and it literally like the metal melted. So every time I put a new bulb in, it would work, but then it would just blow out the bulb after like you know half a day of driving right so right. eventually i went and found out the problem that was this wiring harness so the wiring harness it plugs into the headlight and then it basically has a wire coming off that um attaches to the main wiring harness so it's literally like a wire like that with a socket on the end mm-hmm. um that was a hundred dollars from the dealership um so i just went and found a 2009 chevy cobalt went to like a um like an old mechanics place that had one broken down i literally just grabbed that threw it in my car it was like 10 bucks yeah so oh yeah i was happy with that and like honestly that's the thing and that's one of the nice things about uh, about getting an older car mr2 of course is an exception because you're not going to a pick and pull place to find very many mr2s but when you buy a car that is kind of you know more common that's older you never really have to spend that much to fix it i mean worst case Mm -hmm. scenario the engine completely just fries yeah well i mean go to a pick and pull place just buy an entire (laughs) engine i mean like it's only gonna be like probably like 100 bucks maybe 200 bucks uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've never actually asked about like how much a cost of an engine would be. Uh, no, it'll you, for like an older car that's like twenty or twenty five years old. It's just, like a mass produced car. You're not going to be paying over like a like couple ninety three Toyota pickup. Yeah, no, it won't be more than probably like a couple grand for an engine. That much? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, really? you'll probably you'll probably for Toyota pickup. Like I don't know the specifics, obviously. Yeah. But you're probably paying like a thousand bucks. Yeah. That much? Okay. Well, what what you would want though is you'd buy an engine and transmission that's already mated together. Unless your transmission's fine, but then you'd have to go through the process of, like, you know, mating them together. See, now, like, older trucks... <laughs> it's like, a big deal. But. Um, like, older trucks, like, they're not that complicated, though. Shouldn't it be pretty straightforward? Oh, it would be really straightforward, like, to swap the engine, right? It would just, right. It would just be more than, you know... A couple hundred bucks to buy an engine, but like, how how would you like, attaching it to the transmission shouldn't be that difficult on older vehicles? No, that's not difficult. Like even on my MR2, it's not like we did that with we had the transmission on the ground and Ulrich and I lifted it up and then I bolted it up and then it was on there, right? And right. then you lift the engine back up, um, and that's on like a transversely mounted like mid-engine weird car, right? See, like, honestly, <laughs> there's just in terms of having a car that sits in your backyard, you drive occasionally, but it's just kind of something that it's, um, it, you know, it, to, to have something that's kind of like a hobby where you go and find parts, it's like going and finding like kind of like a project car, but something that still that already runs, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, my seat's in kind of crappy condition, so every once in a while, if I have a weekend free or something like that, I'll go take a look at the pick and pull places, yep. kind of call around, um, and then you find something, and then you kind of like a treasure hunt kind of thing like that. It's like, oh, yeah, I got it, and it's only like dirt cheap, uh, and then swap it out. Like, that's what I did with my car, and it's like, I, was, I found this 2009 Cobalt that was broken down, 
out and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I, I got the wiring harness, but what else do I need? I mean, like, you know, this is worn out. Maybe I want to swap out this and right, you, can't, you right. go from there. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of fun. I mean, like more than anything else, it's just like a fun way to spend a Saturday, grab a couple of beers, just kind of work on your car a bit. But Oh, sure. And yeah, and you don't have the headache of like, oh no, like my turbo's having electronics issues and stuff. Like when it's a car that you're actually... Like you said, like ideally you'd want to have that situation be the car already runs, right? Yeah. Or like is it runs but maybe not in the best condition, right? Like what I would want to do that with is a like a late seventies Camaro or something. Yeah. Right. So like just just before all the American cars went to shit with like emissions. Yeah. In the eighties and early nineties or whatever. And just, like, have something that runs. But, yeah, you know, maybe the upholstery's crap or the paint's crap. And then the wheels needs all this and that. But See, like, like I'm just trying to think, like, especially when the weather kind of starts getting rainy and stuff like that. Um, now that we have the new shed all kind of built up, to go and have, like, a car that doesn't really matter, again, like a cheap car, mm-hmm. and just do how-to videos, kind of thing like that. Or, like, you know, how to do a, pa- a cheap paint job. Uh, you know, you could probably make, like, quick videos where, you know, we just work on a car and just do, like, real basic stuff, general stuff. Oh sure, yeah. Um, like there's uh, my cousin. Um, he has a Mercury, like an old, like either early '90s or late '80s, like Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much straight pipe because there's a big hole in the, uh, like it's super loud, like super dirty. But right, like, right. like it, they didn't pay anything for it. So like if we wanted a car to kind of mess around with, I mean, like I could ask them to see what they <laughs> what they want for it. We could probably get it for a hundred, maybe two hundred bucks. Oh man, if it's we're talking like one hundred, two hundred bucks, if we're if yeah, if we wanted a car like that though, I would want it to be something like something cool, something that you yeah, but literally what are you get for that price. Well, no, I, see, I I had in mind like when I think beater, it's just like literally for me, it's like a cap of a thousand dollars. I wasn't thinking like a hundred or two hundred. I was thinking you know like grand marquee prices, you know, like because when I went yeah. looking for the grand marquee, I was like fifteen hundred bucks max. Yeah, I ended up some, finding something for half that, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. On another note, it's amazing what you can, what the difference is between a two thousand dollar car and a five thousand dollar car. Yeah, like you can buy an MR2 Turbo for five thousand dollars, but what are you gonna get for two thousand dollars? <laughs> like the beaterest of beater cars. <laughs> I find like between two and four thousand, there isn't a huge difference. I mean, like it depends. Like you, if you can find a good deal, and okay. I'm not talking about list price. I'm talking about the actual what you're going um, to what, what buy it for, right? Mm-hmm. So, because of course, it's always a lot higher. But let's say, um, like for example, comparing Eric's car of eighteen hundred dollars to Travis's car that he spent four thousand, or sorry, Travis's uh, truck they spent four thousand dollars on. Um, he, uh, Travis got a canopy. Mm-hmm. His interior is nicer. Um, and I think, like, you know, maybe like a little bit of better suspension, right? But, like, very, like, you know, a canopy, of course, costs money. I mm-hmm. mean, like, that's regardless. It's going to, you know, co- set you back a little bit. But just in terms of, like, like side-by-side comparison, well, Eric just went to a pick-and-pull place, and now his interior's mint because he just got, you know, new things that were in good condition. Um, you know, he, again, he got all the springs, got all of his exhaust, like, custom. Like, it's super basic, so it's very easy just to grab some pipe and bend it and weld it, and right. you're good to go, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of like you can take an $1,800 car and turn it into a $4,000 car pretty easy with a, only like a little bit of money. That's true. But yeah. the moment you go into the $5,000 category, like you were saying, it's amazing how much of a jump that is. Oh, yeah. Because you go yeah. from like, a, you know, a crappy, like, you know, mid 90s, or I don't say crappy, but like a, like a, a mid 90s old, like Toyota or Mazda 
then you jump into like a 2003, 2004 uh, Tacoma. Like that, it, there definitely mm-hmm. is an actual noticeable jump there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and then you look at, you know, what's the difference between a $50,000 car and a $70,000 car? Depends what you're looking at. Like, not much in most cases. Yeah. Like when you buy it, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. What do you say we wrap up? That's, uh, yeah, I think that's a good podcast for today. 50 minutes. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's a good show. Um, anything else we want to let the... Oh, yeah, I guess uh, thanks for a million fucking views in, like, seven days. Oh, f- <laughs> On the trike video. That's stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. It's our second most viewed video we've ever made. I, I, do you think it's just because Drive posted it? Or do you think no. it's because a whole bunch of people posted it from Drive or shared it from Drive? Or? I think without the Drive boost, I don't think it would have hit a million views as quickly Right. Not nearly as quickly, but I I just Over think time. yeah I think that was just the initial kick yeah. But I, honestly, I think it was just it's unique. Like I didn't honestly, it was crazy and unique, and it's a one off. But I didn't think it would hit a million views. Like Is, has it hit a million? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was like nine hundred thousand. One point one million now. Wow. So one million and one hundred thousand views. Holy crap! Past Nick's R thirty two GTR to th- to the thirty two. Past that video. I'm surprised <laughs> that the um, uh, what did we release recently? The red car, the uh, S fifteen. Yeah. I'm surprised that video is not doing any better than it is. You know what it is? What? It's the ad. I'm I I'm I don't know that, but I'm afraid of that. But when you take a look at the dislikes to likes, there's only 55 dislikes. It's still pretty high, yeah. Right, and it's like you're used to clicking on a video and having an ad play. Mm-hmm. You're used to that, so yeah. most people just skip it. Yeah. Right now, on the other hand, we al- we've also released other videos with our own pre uh, pre roll ads in front of it, and it's done great. Yeah. Right. You um the video we released recently on the um pulsar. The, the pulsar, yeah, yeah. awesome pre roll. It did fine. Yeah. So, like, I mean, yes, people bitch about the the um, the ad for sure, mm-hmm. but who, like, they're not going to leave a comment after watching the ad and then not watching the video. Right. Right? They're not going to go and watch the ad, then pause it, write a comment saying, this sucks, and then leave, right? They're going to uh, watch the entire video or watch the first part of the video right. yeah, 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 and yeah. then <laughs> say, yeah, okay, this, 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 right? Yeah. I think they're going to, I think they watched the ad, they commented... They argued with a few people in the comments more, and then they p- press play on the video again, and yeah, yeah continue to watch. But yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I thought that, yeah, I thought the intro to S- the Sylvia video was one of our better the intros. Best ones, I'd yeah, say. one of our best intros. Yeah. yeah. But either way, thanks guys for the trike. I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, we still have a behind the wheel for that one, right? We do. Yeah. Yes, that is coming. We've got pretty much this entire weekend. Weekend will be behind the wheel videos. Sweet. Oh, we still have the S15. That's what I was thinking yeah. behind the wheel videos, right? Yeah. I, I released the um, the truck one, the Raptor, and it's like I, I, people are saying, like, first of all, I think somebody's spamming. Like, somebody posted like 25 comments, like just from one. You'll have to look it up. Okay, I don't know yeah, what's yeah, happening, yeah. But yeah. we may have to ban them or delete them or something. I don't know. But um, basically, uh, like, it's not the most exciting video because you're not driving very hard, you're not going very fast. So, yeah. like, a lot of the comments is like, "This is the most boring video ever." And it's like I kind of see it. Like, the exhaust is not very good because all you hear is like rocks. Um, the, like, yeah. you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we have some cool like, camera angles, but it's just like, I mean, but the behind the wheel videos are real, really kind of more, I guess they work a lot better when you are intense driving, right? Like hard corners, you know, just kind of like doing all that kind of stuff versus just, Oh, let's go for a cruise kind of thing like that. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I knew that was going to happen as soon as I watched that behind the wheel video. Yeah. Here's the deal. You guys, for those of you listening, I know nobody that is 
complaining in the comments is listening to this right now because those aren't the people that are listening to our podcast. Um, but $100,000 truck, road that I have driven maybe a couple of times, not in the last like 12 months. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> a $100,000 truck on a road I don't really know well. Uh, and Oh, with bears and... Uh, other cars and yeah. stuff. Like, no, like, don't get me wrong. Less than two thousand kilometers on it. Like, if I get a rock chip in that, that's coming out of my damn pocket. No, like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. Like, it needed to be more intense. Yeah, it's just it just can't. I mean, first of all, it's a massive truck, so mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to start whipping around corners. You don't have confidence in it, right? Mm-hmm. And also, you're on gravel. So, like, I'm not saying that like it would have like that we should have done the more intense behind the wheel. It's just we wanted to do something that wasn't on a street. Obvious, yeah, we were right. driving a Raptor. I don't want to drive so, it on the street. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's either you like drive it harder on the street, yeah. or you drive it slower on gravel. This is what it comes down to, yeah. right? Like, like you said, like it's a new car. You don't, like, it's not. They don't. The owner doesn't really use it for off roading. Like, it looks like it's in mint condition. Yeah. Um. It's like it's one of those things that we're not Top Gear. We don't buy a Raptor and just start throwing it off jumps and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um. But like, you know, I, so I understand why people are saying that um but at the same time like you know we we put it we put like a lot of time in the videos and kind of having that extra content helps to keep our audience engaged um at at least that's what i think and i mean the behind the wheels don't do very well view wise but you know people really appreciate constantly being able to check back with roads untraveled and seeing a new video kind Mm. of like you know whether they enjoy it or not it's at least something to do right oh no absolutely yeah no and and wait for the full video because i definitely got the car or the truck sideways yeah like definitely and that was the hardest the trucks like the owner was in the passenger seat the whole time that was by far the hardest the truck's ever been driven yeah and probably ever will be driven not gonna (laughs) lie like not it like they're just you know those that they take it camping and it's it's their truck it's the one staple vehicle in their garage that is like lifted and capable of going off road. Yeah, and they went with like one of the most expensive, most capable ones on the market today. Yeah. Like that's awesome, right? But yeah, just wait for the video. I mean, we took it up to I don't know, like eighty, ninety, hundred k when like when we were doing flybys. I was flooring it. Yeah, like getting sideways and stuff. Um, but I mean, like it's not it's not a S fifteen with drift car, no, right? Like no. you know, it's just not. And <laughs> I guess just you know, um, after putting out so many videos, like the trike, the S fifteen, like all these videos that's drifting, that's going nuts. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's gonna feel like you've taken like thirty Ambien when you're when you're watching the truck video, just because it's not what it's made for, right? It's not made for kind of straight line cornering speed and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, 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 yeah. Look out for the full video on that. Yeah coming soon and then what do we have coming up we just filmed yeah fc rx7 r35 gtr finally uh and another mark IV supra wide body one that one we were mentioning earlier and then we've got a couple videos on the bmw i8 and yeah some other stuff coming up so stay tuned thanks for listening i'm stoked with the numbers the download numbers but it's given us enough enough motivation to get back into it we've done two podcasts this week so far absolutely Um, we're gonna uh, just for you guys and to keep you guys happy and entertained we're gonna get back into the kind of flow of things yeah Uh, hit us up with your questions at uh we actually had a number of questions i don't know if you saw them Emails? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't see any. I'll well, have to gather them together. I think they're in the uh, Roads and Traveled, um, like the Gmail account. Okay. Uh, go to roadsandtravel.com and go to the Contact Us page. Yes. And shoot us your questions or comments or topics or whatever the heck there. All right. Cool. See you guys next week. See ya.